Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. What God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera. What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the ruckus, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. The fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Tuesday. Uh, we'll revisit uh, the NBA trade market a little bit later in the show because um, we do have a reset of what the asking price for trades are now that we've seen Rui Hachimura, former Gonzaga Bulldog, mm-hmm. on the move. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's uh, qu- quite the disparity there. But uh, Rash Markazi had a picture of uh, Hachimura and uh, Shohei Otani in L.A. together, and it's like the two g- biggest stars in Japan are both in L.A. now. And I was like, Shohei Otani, and then the falloff is Rui Hachimura? <laughs> it's pretty drastic there. It's a pretty big <laughs> falloff. Hey, uh, remind me again, a uh, former Gonzaga Power Forward number 10 overall pick doesn't live up to hype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Where Seen have I that? heard this story well, before? Saw him last night. Yeah, he got 13 points off the bench for the Spurs. <laughs> hey uh, What's also really interesting is that, uh, speaking of resetting markets, Masai is very much pretending not to hear it in Toronto. Masai Ujiri, yeah, the pre- GM for the Raptors. And he is. there is now a report from Bruce Arthur, the Toronto Star, that the, the Raptors have received an offer of three first-round picks from OG and Anobi, of which I call bull bleep. Wait a minute. They did not get. There's no. There. Okay. Here's the way that they got an offer for three first round picks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rule the Lakers out of anything. They don't have that many picks to give. <laughs> They'll find a way. They, they legitimately don't. They can give up two picks. Oh gosh. Twenty seven and twenty nine. The Stepien rule legally mm. prohibits them from doing such. Yet they still beat the Blazers. <sighs> I digress. The only way. Three first round picks are giving up are being given up for OG and Anobi are like the picks that the Blazer ga- the pick the Blazers gave up for Jeremy Grant. A twenty twenty-five protected pick from the Milwaukee Bucks. There's no listen, I love OG. I love him as a player. He is very limited. Mm. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Trying to anchor that old uh, negotiating leverage there. This is some Danny Ainge stuff. I mean, this, and literally, I mean, no, no. The Blazers turned down the number seven, Nasir Little, and Josh Hart. Like, hmm. no, we're not, and, excuse me, and a pick. That's what Masai was asking for on draft night for OG. And Joe was, no. Not I can do that. Josh and a pick? Okay. Sure. Sure. That hurts. It's a good rotation player and a and a and a, and a solid I mean, pick. Does that hurt that much, though? I mean, that doesn't hurt that. That doesn't hurt that much. Pain don't hurt. Pain don't hurt. But no, I'm I'm not giving up three unprotected picks for OG Ananobi. No. 
Yeah, I don't know anybody. I'm not that doing way. that for Mikhail Bridges, who's a defensive player of the year candidate as well. Like, no. Okay, can we play a game of which team would do that? Like, which team? Which team would be the closest to doing that? Obviously, the Knicks Lakers made offer. a made an offer with, I believe, two picks: Obi Toppin and another player. I don't, I don't, I can't remember who the other player was. Uh, they wanted more, yeah. and it's like, no, well, teams are. Then he's not going to move. Them. No, then and they, that's that's the thing is you put the you put the price so high to pretend that you're no, I'm really listening. I'm they're going to move Fred and they're going to move Gary. Okay. That's what's going to happen. They're not going to move anybody else in this season. They're going to all share it. Yes. All right. Well, uh, good, good for, good for them. Good for them. But again, the resetting of the market for GMs who actually want to make deals has been done. Okay. So um, it'll be interesting next to see. We were uh, 15 days from trade deadline. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm more on that later. Uh, because it's a, it will be interesting to see kind of what some of the players' values are moving forward and around the NBA. Because look, we always say it'll be active. It'll be active. Nah, rarely is. It's rarely. Uh, uh, is. Oh, last All year right. was very busy. Uh, but I, again, it rarely is. Yes, I'm just, but yeah. last year it was. So. I, I I do expect the Blazers to entertain things with real sincerity. I'll say that. You're not going to let us stop talking about NBA. Nope. But no, I'll let you go there. But I was just saying, I, I I genuinely do believe that they will entertain it with real sincerity. Huh. We'll okay. See, we'll see where they go. All right. Well, um, the we've had massive line movement in the AFC Championship game. It opened up with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs as one-point favorites, which I was surprised when I saw that KC open up as one-point favorites with the way that Cincinnati just absolutely dismantled the uh, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, the fact that Patrick Mahomes went down with an injury uh, in a high ankle sprain and his uncertainty. It was interesting that they did open up as one-point favorites. That has changed dramatically, though. Uh, We wake up this morning, and it swung two-and-a-half points. Cincinnati, in some books, are now favored by one-and-a-half. And did Mahomes's massive line movement? Mahomes's medical records had to have gotten out of a hospital. Well, no. The thing about it is, <laughs> Andy Reid even said he's going to play. Like they're they're planning on playing him. Like that would have been the like you would have thought that this line would have opened with Kansas or with uh, Cincinnati minus one and a half, and then as we get news on Patrick Mahomes, it starts creeping back towards Kansas City. This is completely different, and I I find this really interesting because Vegas is usually privy to what's going on like they they, they have usually, somebody everywhere well it's basically it's two two and a half now depending on where you look well yeah that's what i said two uh, and a half point swing is a big one because cincinnati's favored by a point and a half now no two and a half it's they're two, favored it's by two and a two, half uh, uh bet mgm has it two and a half most of them have it at two and a half some are at two so we're seeing a three and a half if you go point from swing? if you go from one and a half to two uh from one and a half point dog to two and a half Jeez. point favorites that's a four, four point, point swing, swing. Wow, because I saw it open as KC minus one, and then then it worked up to one and a half. That means you got you have massive money. It, it was almost a three point swing yesterday during the show. Wow, that's crazy to think about that much. And look, Patrick Mahomes, he is going to be a different quarterback when he plays. He will be a different quarterback, and that is a terrifying thing. In I don't know. If, 
if you've ever played to the quarterback position, heck, if you've even like thrown a football and done like a pretend drop back as a quarterback, think about what Patrick Mahomes is is working with a high ankle sprain. Okay, so he's dealing with the outside of the leg, hot about mid calf. Okay, that sounds like it sucks on the outside, and it all depends on how high it is and the, the severity of it, but. Think of this. If you've done that fake drop back and you're doing that crossover and then you plant your foot in the ground, this is Patrick Mahomes' back foot. It's his plant leg. We saw it when he was trying to fire off those little outside screens and he he actually turfed a couple of them and he was inaccurate with it. As you try to plant, and one of the things that is, is fantastic about his arm slot, and we always talk about how Mahomes can go submarine, he can go sidearm, he can go three-quarter slot, he can come over the top, he can do the jump passes, all that stuff. All that is dependent on is just like shooting in basketball, right? Your base, your mm-hmm. frame, how, how you set your feet and you're able to throw out of those arm slots. If you cannot do that, you limit what you can do offensively. Turns out legs are really useful. In throwing a football, mm-hmm. tremendously so, useful. The thing, the two things that I think is, would bother a quarterback the most are Justin Herbert playing with broken ribs mm-hmm. and not having a stable platform, i.e. having a bad ankle and or foot. Man. Like, what's weird is this sounds so not believable. I would rather have a damaged knee than a damaged ankle as uh-huh. a quarterback. Because you can still kind of... As a guy who's got knees that have been destroyed, mm-hmm. I have found ways to be able to, like, the, the ability to adjust into your ankle in the short term is easier to do than to adjust into your knee. Yeah. And when you can get, you can get past your knee is basically what I'm saying. Sure. It, that your ankle serves as that point, it's so much harder. Yeah. And this is like, especially for him because it's his right ankle, it's literally his drop foot. It's, uh, it's, this is a big one. It is. And I think this is going to be this is going to be fascinating to see where he's at today, tomorrow. Um, because it really a high ankle sprain, if you if you ever had one, you notice that when it first happens, you kind of feel okay. And it I mean, it hurts like I'll get out, but then you kind of start working through it and then that night it gets stiff and then it just balloons up and then it gets incredibly stiff throughout the course of the week. And it's it's like when you when you haven't worked out in a long time and then you you lift really hard day 1 you're like, "Man, that's I'm I'm feeling it. I'm sore." And then day 2 you're like, "I can't get out of bed." Like this, that is what the high ankle sprain is like, but day 3 and day 4 they're not much better. They're not much better at all and then day 5 you you can start loosening that thing up a little bit and hopefully by day 6 7 uh the good thing is like Mahomes said after the game day they get an extra day or half a day because they played on that Saturday afternoon and that could be the difference between him being able to be serviceable and not is that extra half day of treatment but this is going to be a this is going to be a huge injury and the fact that you're going up against a Kansas City team or a Cincinnati team rather that Joe Burrow's 3 and 0 and they have done it Three completely different ways. Mm-hmm. They've done it with Burrow going off and throwing for like 400 yards and Jamar Chase having 266 yards Obscene receiving. numbers. They've done it with their defense carrying the way. Ball control. They've done it with like a, a 50-50 game where it has been, all right, we'll see. Well, this the last one that we saw. Who, basically, the who over, the ball less? The overtime game in the yeah. AFC Championship game last year, which was, okay, we're gonna, we'll figure this one out. And it's it could go either way. We've seen all three of these games, but all three, the one common denominator, 
is that the team that won was the Cincinnati Bengals. This and is, it was Joe Burrow and company figuring out a way to get it done. Eight touchdowns, one interception in those three games. That's the thing. It's yeah. ball control. He's not making mistakes. This is my, our discussion yesterday about you know, who, who, do you tr- who do you trust the most. It's not that I don't trust Patrick Mahomes. It's that I trust Joe Burrow more. Yeah, but look, boy, three and zero. Like boy, oh boy. you can you can you can slice it every different way because they've won. It's the, the, Joe Burrow hasn't won every game in this matchup. They've, they've done it every. I mean, technically he has, but it's not been him winning the game, right? And that's the thing. They've done it every way it, possible. But Joe Burrow has put them in a position to win every one of those games. And it's not saying that Patrick Mahomes hasn't. Chief fans, I'll give you one piece of great news. Hmm. The last team to be the one seed overall and be an underdog heading into the conference championship weekend. Any guesses? Hmm. Underdog as the one seed at home in the conference championship game. Wasn't that long ago. It was the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Oh! Led by Nick Foles. And obviously they won. Well, Super Bowl too. When did Foles take over? Uh, Foles took over in December, like early December. Okay. I, I, I think I, I'm trying to remember how many weeks they had there. Yeah, but everybody wrote them off, and it was like. And then, gone. have you looked at those numbers from that full season? No. In playoff history, Nick Foles has the highest expected over average completion rate, turnover or touchdown rate, um, first down. Like that playoff run, quite literally, is one of the statistically analytically the best playoff run above expectation ever. Huh. Brady's like ninth. What about uh, what about because well, his expectation is to always be great. Tom Brady, well, is, duh. But what about Eli Manning? Eli Manning and Manning's Joe was, Flacco both have to be. Flacco's out there. was like sixth, and it takes your it takes your entire playoff history. So for Foles, it's literally just that one year. Yeah. It was funny because I think he had like two hundred and forty six snaps. Brady had like fourteen hundred and forty. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! It was quite a bit more. Um, but the, uh, the Flacco year was there and, and, uh, oh, I mean, obviously years, but he was up higher on the list. I want to say he was like seventh or eighth and Eli, because the only time he ever really made the playoffs, they made deep runs. He was, I think he was 11th. Yeah. Well, they make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. That's what they do. But but with Foles' numbers, they were obscene across the board. Huh? Just absolutely insane. Well, good for him. Stupid Philly special. Idiot. Um, okay, speaking of injured quarterbacks, uh, one may be returning next on The Fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Well, it appears that... uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is nearing a return from his broken foot. Probably not the best time to be doing that as uh, well, maybe, <laughs> it looks like maybe uh, it is. Brock Purdy is going to be the guy moving forward. You see the report uh, over the weekend that it, it kind of feels 
in some San Francisco 40, I think of the San Francisco Chronicle, maybe was the one that reported it, that uh, moving forward, it does feel like they're going pretty over Lance even and just saying we're going to we have to hitch our wagon to it. Look, Lance may end up being a better quarterback in the long term. Brock Purdy is winning for you now. He's winning for you now, but I mean, what you just said, that's why it's amazing that they would be leaning towards that conclusion already. But here's the thing. If you are the San Francisco 49ers, what's really interesting is in the Bay right now, you have the 49ers and the Warriors who are literally in title windows. Mm -hmm. And they're managing the, with the Warriors, it's like, do we trade some of our young guys, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Jordan Poole, to add to one more player to to Clay, Steph, and, and Dre, right? Push that window one more time. The same thing's happened with the 49ers. Do we, which quarterback we go on to fill in with Boza, with with Warner, with Debo, with McCaffrey? It's win now. Yeah, you you can't you can't hold on to Trey and be like, you know what, Trey. The one option you can make is bringing Tom Brady in in the offseason and having Brock sit for a year because he's on the rookie deal. You cannot go to the younger quarterback anymore. Uh, I, I don't well, think you can. Trey Lance is older than Brock Purdy, but, but you understand what I'm saying. The thing is that. You have got in Trey Lance, if you believe he is the guy, and they did. Remember, he started this year at number one, and they as they worked through, Jimmy G was two and Purdy was three. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting into this situation where this is, you just said it, this is a ready built roster. And who do this the players is a trust? 100% ready built roster. They love Brock Purdy now, they, they do. Um, but it is, it's kind of, it's a different situation. If the, if they felt that way heading into the year that Trey Lance was going to be their guy, they're going to just say, Meh, gone, done. I think it's fascinating that you're doing it right now and just going, yep, I'm going to hitch our wagon to him. Because if you look at the numbers, the numbers that Purdy puts up, they're pretty similar to Jimmy Garoppolo's. They are. Completion percentage, mm-hmm. touchdown to interception ratio, yards per game. It, Throws that you cringe at, you know, but you're also paying him nothing. You are paying, you're paying him absolutely nothing to do it. And you sit there and you go, all right, how much better do we see the ceiling on both of these guys? Because as you raise the ceiling on both these guys, you also keep that window open a hell of a lot longer. And that, that, that's fascinating to me. Um, but Jimmy G apparently is, uh, trending back towards the, the field, but, Kyle Shanahan said, look, he's more likely to be ready for a Super Bowl as opposed to a conference championship game. And all this means, though, is that if you get a Jimmy G back, the great thing is that you're not relying on Josh Johnson if, God forbid, something happens to Brock Purdy in a game. Because if something happens to Brock Purdy, yeah. Josh Johnson is coming into the football game. Oh, God. How, how long has he been around now? Uh, I, I I played against him in college. <laughs> He's 36 years old. Josh Johnson, Chad Henney, man. Like, I'm like, God, dude. <laughs> I was like, I'm starting thinking about like, you, I was in the Air Force when you guys when I remember watching you guys play. He he played quarterback and returned kicks for Jim Harbaugh at the University of San Diego. God, <laughs> just insane. It was but, incredible. But that that is where you're looking at the 49ers. They're on a a crazy run right now. It's actually it's insane what Brock Purdy has done. Because he has a streak going right now. He's won, He's 8-0, obviously, as a starting quarterback. Do you know what the record is for consecutive wins to start a season? 13. 13 with Ben Roethlisberger back in 2004. Do you know... Total guess. Uh, 
the next two, the next closest, and, and Brock Purdy winning last week actually pushed him past Jimmy Garoppolo, who started his career with seven. Um, but I'd say there's 11. two guys that are tied at 10. 10. Okay. Mike Livingston and Mike Tomzak. I would have got absolutely both of those right but in, without, without is, Googling it. This is the crazy thing about it, is that Brock Purdy's won eight in a row. Those two guys... That's tough to win eight in a row as a good to great quarterback. It, right. But Mike Livingston and Mike Tomzak each won ten games in a row to start their careers. And a lot of those were in separate seasons getting spot starts here and mm-hmm. there, but they, they won their first ten. Not on a run to the Super Bowl? If you look at the, the list of guys that have won, like, the top ten win streaks, a lot of them are guys that you go, huh, yeah, they were okay, I guess. Like, you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's number one. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. But then number two, tied for second, is Mike Livingston and Mike Tomzak. Hall of Famers. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, In our hearts. Tied for fourth is Jimmy Garoppolo, Dante Culpepper, that one's not surprising. Dieter Brock. Surprising. Daryl LaMonica. Kind of surprising. At seven. And then you have at six, Mark Bolger. Mike, uh, with the Rams? Mike Cherzak. Patrick Mahomes. Kurt Warner. And five is Kyle Allen, jo- Jeff Hostetler, and Cooper Rush. All of those guys there's won some, five in a there's row. There's some Rams in there. There are... Loaded rosters. Mm-hmm. And then if you take them away from the loaded roster, what are they? And that is, that's is always it, like right the there talent like, like around 50, them. 50. Coaching around them. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it truly is. But even the guys that we know have been fantastic. There's generational guys in there. Roethlisberger, Mahomes, uh, Warner. And honestly, Bolger was not generational, but he was a very good quarterback. That was with those Rams teams, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. He was a... Before his knee got shredded, those Rams teams were really... To... But they were they were but again to your point, they were loaded and he was good. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Big Ben, what he stepped into when Tommy Maddox got hurt in Big Ben's rookie year. They had Jerome Bettis, Deuce Staley, Willie Parker as their running backs. They had receivers Plaxico Burris, Antoine White, Randall L, Heinz Ward. Their tight ends. Um, you had what is it? Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a a dominant tight end, but their offensive line was a bunch. You had a, a couple of Pro Bowlers on that offensive line too. Uh, they were absolutely loaded in the skill positions as teams, really well coached. You had no worries about anything. St- the beacon of stability was mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Still you is. kind of look at these San Francisco 49ers in the same vein right now with a loaded roster, extremely well coached, and Brock Purdy's success is. I mean, hell yeah, he is performing you can't ask for a better rookie i don't care if you're mystery irrelevant or, or number, number one pick you cannot ask no. for a better outcome to the, his first eight starts which are eight wins and now you're in the conference championship game managing it not making mistakes or not getting punished for mistakes and here's here's the thing and not this is getting punished for them is the big yeah one. and here's i'm i'm, I'm gonna sound unfair here I don't, but i don't care brock purdy came in and he looked good from the jump now, granted, he got to sit for a couple weeks and figure things out and learn how to be a pro. I never saw that from Trey Lance. In the preseason, and yeah. was it game two that he got hurt? 
I, I know it's a such a small sample size. Yeah. But he just didn't look ready from the jump. And it doesn't it's not an indictment on him or an indictment on his career or that he can't be great. He's got all of the tools, he's got a monster arm, huge frame, incredibly athletic, all those things. Brock Purdy came in and won. He is and here's the difference is that Trey Lance is more of Josh Allen, where you have not just a massive jump up in competition from college to the NFL, but where you were playing, yeah. it's a massive jump up. There is an adjustment period to that. There is an adjustment period to the NFL game and being a pro and going from a small town in, in Fargo, North Dakota, just like Laramie, Wyoming, mm-hmm. to going to an NFL franchise and being center of attention. And then you have things that you also need to improve upon in your game, which both of them had monster arms coming out. Both of them are wildly athletic. They have great frames. And there's something between the ears that Kyle Shanahan liked about Trey Lance. And can they figure that thing out? And can his he kind of put the ego aside of, hey, I, they traded up for me. I was the top three pick. Maybe this was humbling for him because that would have been probably one of the bigger knocks is that the guys in the locker room won't, weren't fully behind him just because they were so behind Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. because they loved Jimmy Garoppolo. And they got behind they, Purdy real quick. Yeah, because, well, they didn't have a choice. But, I mean, even, but they, 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 they do now. They do now. They love Brock Purdy. Like, George Kittle loves Brock Purdy. And you never felt that on Trey Lance. Yeah, but again... It, there is time. It takes time because people were saying a lot of the same stuff about Josh Allen that they were about Trey Lance. It couldn't work. It can work out. But the 49ers always, don't have a three-year no. window to run this up. Uh, n- no, but they have. They actually have a couple because he's on a rookie deal still. I mean, you do, you do, you have cheap rookie rookie scale quarterbacks right now. If you are John Lynch, 49ers get to the Super Bowl, win or lose. Are you keeping Trey Lance or are you trading him in the offseason? I try to move him. Yeah, I do too. I try to move him because, look. Recoup the assets that you've given up to get everything. I think it's one thing to hand over it to Brock Purdy right now and be like, look, uh, we're we're going to just go with Brock and we're going to roll. You're in the NFC Championship game. I mean, you know you can get pretty damn far with him. But you said the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo too. Um but if you can get assets in return, because teams are always desperate for quarterbacks in the NFL, if you can get assets in return for Trey Lance, then you try to bring in cheap talent because you've done a really good job evaluating talent right so far. On this quarterback market, you're going to have teams who are looking at Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Those three, right? Tom Brady, right? $40-plus million dollars. Brady maybe comes cheaper, but you're not going to be able to find a, you know, top end of the draft pick. Well, with some upside, that's going to be quote unquote cheap financially for you, unless you go this route. Well, this is going to be a moot point when they get waxed in Philly. I, I mean, I'm with you <laughs> because they're going to go. Yeah, well, maybe we do need to take a long look and, and reevaluate. Do you think if that at. happens? Do you think they go? Maybe we do need to get better quarterback, and they pull up yeah. Dallas Cowboys here and go. We need to swing. Dallas Cowboys? What have the Dallas Cowboys done? Uh, did you hear what Jerry said? What? Every time he's ever been successful, is he overpaid? He feels like they might, they might need to make a move for, at, at, at that quarterback position. Oh, I thought that was in reference to Dak's contract. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> I took that as, as moving on from Dak and going and paying for 
Yeah. Aaron, Tom, Lamar, something along those lines. Yeah, well... But the Packers aren't trading into the NFC, so... What is he talking about? Did he not notice what the New England Patriots dynasty was, which was Tom Brady taking pay cuts year to year and restructuring his deal? They had to overpay for when he was winning a Super Bowl in Tampa, Mm -hmm. but every time that Tom Brady made too much money, he restructured his deal and put it all on the back end, and he got his money. Oh, he got his money. It was just when he was in Tampa, he was getting it from New England. But he always was restructuring his deal because of the fact that he knew that's how you win, mm-hmm. is not overpaying. That's Cowboys fans, you shouldn't be encouraged by that. You should be very discouraged by that from Jerry Jones. Woo! Goodness gracious almighty. All right, 503-250-1080. That is the fan text on. Um, <clears throat> we got Jeff Rust. He's got Sports Center right now. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, it is time now for our worst day on the web. Um, This is a, you know, one guy that I always seem to get get behind in sports and it's going to be... Like, I'm going to say this, and then people are going to text at 503-250-1080 about how horrible of a person he is. But I always hear how good of a person Terry Francona is. You know, like Tito, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I love Tito. Tito's the kind of guy who I absolutely would believe is the raddest dude ever to be around. Also, if he showed up on 60 Minutes as a murderer, also believable. Man. I'll be honest. I don't say that. No, no, no. I'm saying that in the most complimentary fashion. Those are my people. I, I I want somebody with some skeletons in their closet. Now you know why? I feel like I'm not sitting far enough away from you. <laughs> you know why? Because I want somebody who, in my corner, I know is willing to get dirty. It was funny. I remember... In murder people? Look, I remember it was like the first week I was here. Uh, Isaac and Suk were talking about the idea of who is the person here who you know or you would count on. Like, if you needed to hide a body... Oh, yeah. And I think I've been here a week, and they're both like, you know, there's plenty of people here, but I'm going with Meringue. Yeah, I bet you would, yeah, yeah, to hide a body. Yeah. Yeah. Help you commit a crime? Yeah. 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 Listen, man, I'm ride or die, man. Yeah, well, that's great. But uh, Tito? Tito Tito strikes me as a ride or die. I'll let you know if there's, see, that's different than, like, if he was a murderer. Hey, listen, sometimes people need to get got, all right? (laughs) No. Snitches get stitches. No. Well, that is true. But no, sometimes people don't need to be murdered. I'm just saying, look, man, every now and then you got to Saddam Hussein somebody. What, find him in a hole? I mean, that's what we did. That, we found him in a hole. They uh, they hung him. Boy, we went dark really fast <laughs> yeah. here, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. But that way he went through the court. He went through the courts. Courts. That. Yeah. Well, he was a bad guy. They it's drug him easy. Through- Open, closed. Yeah. Boom. Got and, him. And guess what? Sometimes you need to Saddam Hussein somebody. <laughs> but that was, that's different than what you're saying, which is, uh, you know, give him the cement boots and throw him in the Willamette. Look, man, I'm just skipping the Court of Appeals. And I know, knowing you, we're not going downtown Willamette River. You're going down the river a little bit further. They're going to float out to the ocean. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I thought we were talking maybe more like, you know, Canby Ferry area or something. Uh, no, man. I, well, listen. No. You, see, that's the problem. And no, people people think too, 
people think too small. You got to get bigger fish to break down the bodies. Oh, man. Okay. <clears throat> I don't want to ask that question. Actually, I'll ask the question because the people want, I know the people want to know it. Don't answer it, though. <laughs> don't answer it. Have you gotten rid of a body before? So, I actually... No! You're not supposed to answer that! The way that... No! The only appropriate answer, Danny Meringue, is no. And you don't go, so, uh, no. I don't want to hear it. I think it. I've mentioned this before. I don't want to hear it. I <laughs> came home on leave. I came home on leave, and I actually had the Oregon um, State Police... Oh, yes. Okay. ...come to my door. I know. And ask yeah. me because they found a dead body yep. um, off my parents' property in a marshland. Okay. Um, and they asked because of what I used to do. Yeah. And, um, the timing was yeah. very coincidental of when I appeared back here on leave. Look, just say no, uh, sir. The statute of limitations on murder is twenty years. I'm just going to tell you. I talked. I Wait, talked. I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's. I don't. Think I don't that's believe true there's a statute of limitations at all. I've listened to a lot of podcasts that I beg think to differ. It is in Oregon. I don't think that that's true. I'm not a cop, but I watch a lot of them on TV. And I don't want to hear where you're going from that either. Let me double check. This with my is not lawyer. getting better with you. This story is not getting better for you. <laughs> oh, Oregon has not imposed time limits for prosecution on murder. I'll keep that in mind. So now you end your story? <laughs> So that's how this story ends. <laughs> <laughs> so what What about Terry Francona? Tito! Uh, uh, Am I having the worst day on the web now? Yeah, I think you probably are. Cheapers, <laughs> creepers. Uh, did they find the person responsible for the body in the wetlands behind your parents' house? Mm -hmm. Oh, you just left it at, it wasn't you? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Okay. Um. Anyways, Tito didn't kill anybody. He got his scooter stolen. Um, the kind of thing you kill somebody for. Again, no. Some would say that Tito needs a guardian for his scooter. Mm. There we go. There we go. There we go. Womp, 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 womp. Uh, no, but apparently this is like a famous scooter in Cleveland because he drives his scooter to the ballpark every day. How do you, with something like, like iconic like that, Yeah. how do you, what do you do with it? You're going to sell it out of state? You're going to hawk it on a, on a black market to, to another GM? Yeah, it? like everybody knows. That would be the coldest thing ever. Like if... Oh, uh, deal it to the White Sox? Yeah, like all of a sudden, it's, it's you know, you see another oh. GM show up or another uh, uh, bench manager show up on Tito's scooter. Well, so Tito is, is famous for riding the scooter to and fro the stadium. But is the scooter itself that famous and, like, recognizable? Or is it just... A thing because he always does it. I mean, like I realize it's a big enough deal. They made they like they the made bobble a bobblehead. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, is it like you know one of a kind? I'm mean, not gonna lie. As far as scooters go, and they are lame. Uh, and he doesn't call it. He does call it the hog. Um, it's it's kind of a dope looking scooter. He's not the only one. It is a it is a cool scooter. I, look, scooters scooters dope. Also, if, you, I, if I had a short commute, like if I live right down the street from here. If you're if you're pulling oh, if you're pulling it. a rop down the hill, yeah, I'd mob so, it on a scooter. Is this like a seated scooter or one of the stand up? No, jobs this, this is a seated scooter. It's, like it's a Vespa. Well, no, uh, see, a Vespa would be like I think that's like that's, that's okay, underselling. Well, sorry, it's a. Uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they're called like a rock something. But it's it's got it's got some like 
sporty styling to it, but it is a sit down. Like the picture of him writing it right now. Number one, he's got slides on, which my God, that's a ballsy move. Oh, he's a baseball guy. It's true, and he's old. He's sixty three. You know, but I mean, like, sorry, anybody over there sixty three <laughs> going, whoa, ricochet shot. No, but sure, I'm gonna need you to check your bias when you hit sixty. Uh, all of a sudden, you just start wearing like slides everywhere, and you're built for comfort. Okay, so which this I looks appreciate. like basically kind of a moped minus the pedals. <laughs> sure, huh? It's got some sport styling it's to it. It's a scooter. Yeah. But to your point, but of it would, selling it would it to stand someone out. Else, did you do you guys remember? Do you guys know the story of uh, the '92 Blue Jays and what they did with Derek Bell's car? So, Derek Bell was a rookie for the Blue Jays in '92. And this is like total baseball guy move. Dave Winfield and Joe Carter were like, this guy's obsessed with his, I think it was a Bronco. It was like a, a Bronco or Chevy Trailblazer type thing. Mm. And it was like uh, like candy green, you know? It was like that gr- metallic-y flaked green. And he had it all tricked out. And he loved his car. Like he loved his car more than anything. So Winfield and Joe Carter in, in between innings of a game uh, went and got the keys, gave it to a clubby, and they wrote up this script and had the PA announcer do it. And in between innings, they drove his truck out onto the, the did field. They give it away? Onto the field, and they had a giveaway announcement, and Derek Bell was like <laughs> losing his S. And then out pop Dave Winfield and Joe Carter, who were playing in the game, and they hop out of the car. They, they're the ones that drove it onto the field. Which is why baseball is the most fantastic sport ever because it's a billion dollar industry Where you still of have big adult, kids. adult babies yeah. running around the field. Love it. And it's great. It's fantastic. But that would be a great thing if the players are like, you know what, we're going to hotwire it. Drive Nurk's freaking big Nurk truck onto the court when they go to get, do the half court toss. Does he love that truck? Oh, yeah, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> I would. I would die to see that happen. Uh, he'd he'd lose it, man. He would he'd go all Bosnian beast on somebody. Maybe that maybe that's how you get him no, motivated. Maybe when he's in a slump, you just drive out his truck on the floor and act like you're giving it away, and then boom. There's no way you're fitting it through any of the alley the the walkways of at Moda though. No way that thing's getting through any of those. I mean, they've got the base underneath. <clears throat> Well, I know, but you, 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 they you, narrow them down. Well, no, but the you, game. Can, you can, you can before they get, you know, before the game start, they they have everything rolled out. You can roll that back in. That's not that bad. <laughs> okay, you know, just, just just move five hundred people sure. for this prank. That's right. That's that's all you got to do. Very, very simple there. All right, five zero three two five zero. So Terry Francona, if you see his little gray scooter, make sure you uh, turn it into authorities, please. Uh, in the greater Cleveland area. 503-250-1080. That's a fan text line. This is Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. All right. uh, Wrapping up hour number two here. Before we hit hour number three with uh, some actual trade rumors that are that are buzzing around. And what does the trade market look like with Rui Hashimura heading to the Lakers? Um, actually, a really good team to have that first trade, the Lakers, because of their lack of assets that they have. But um, ending hour number two, have you seen the conspiracy theory that's out there coming out of the Bills-Bengals uh, <clears throat> game? Not until you told me. 
And this yeah. is this one is like remember yesterday I said I I, I didn't need to tie, tighten my tinfoil hat. Yeah. I need I I need like the the twist screws to crank the tinfoil down so that I get maximum reception on this S show. Yeah. There there are a lot of conspiracy theories that are out there and most of them are just stupid. And this one is so dumb because there is a conspiracy theory that DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills is dead and that it was a body double that they brought out to the Bills stadium last Sunday. And I just, I've had it with stupid people on the internet doing this crap because like let, let's just break this down so what they're saying is that there is a calculated effort by the National Football League uh the local government officials in Cincinnati and Buffalo New York medical personnel police personnel um EMTs that all were on the field mm-hmm. and around the hospital even, the the police and medical professionals, and they are all colluding with all of these loose ends. By the way, with the uh, players of the Buffalo Bills as well, his family, and they are all saying that everybody, the NFL in a matter of days was able to tie up all these loose ends and say, you know what? Nope. We're going to make, we're going to pretend that he's alive still. Weekend at Bernie. An yeah. NFL player is and, that's that's supreme at show. This is this stuff is wild and it is stupid. And you people have too much time on your hands if you believe this BS. Because also he shows up at the game and they're like, "Well, I couldn't see his face." I bring this okay. evidence to you, and and there's because <clears throat> there's a video that I saw of him walk coming in from like the players' entrance, going to the elevator and going up, and like people are like. Phew. Can't even see his face. And it seems like he's got a lot of security around there uh, for a guy just walking to an elevator. If you've ever been to a professional sports arena, it one thing that you will know is that any player's entrance, especially, there is security everywhere. Security, metal. Okay, so. He, hold on. He went through a door. Mm-hmm. You see a couple of security guards with a rope leading up to the elevator. He walks onto the elevator <laughs> with three people, which is actually not that many people to be going up in the elevator with. No. One person escorting him in, then two people that he is with. And he is they're like, hey, look at the way he's dressed. Has anybody seen the way that players dress now? And it was in the middle of a snow. He's like, guys, face covered. He's in the middle of a snowstorm in Buffalo, New York. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, these people... My God, this is such a great story on every single level. And now he's he's tweeted and is like, you guys will see me soon. Like, I'm, I'll do a big interview. But he's just been recovering. But it's bra- low, it, no, man. no, it's brain worms. It's just people don't, dead. people don't want to, like, see that there is good in this world. And there's so much good that can cover this story. Yeah, people just want to drag it down. You guys are, if you believe it, you are a moron. Here's, an absolute <clears throat> idiot. On the disproving and all the security stuff, like... There, there. This happens all the time. I, I think I, I told this earlier. You can walk into a lot of places with a lot of confidence. I walked into Climate Pledge Arena for a preseason game this year. Yeah, and I didn't have my pass yet, mm-hmm. and I walked by a lot. I, walking with confidence gets you a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there, there was a security snafu uh, at a Blazers game uh, a couple days ago. Somebody got where they shouldn't have gotten. Nothing serious. Nothing bad happened. But you know what happened last night? Security was turned way up. And this was not an NFL playoff game. No. And, and here's the thing. You I, don't get close to the players. No. That's and, that's, and that's the thing is that there was an opportunity for something like that to happen. So you know what was happening last night? Every single security guard was checking every single security badge. And again, this is an NFL playoff game. I don't think people truly understand the levels of security. At, you know what? You know what happens with with the uh, the Blazers players when they drive into the parking lot? There are security guards out there with mirrors searching their cars for explosives. They're, the players' cars. Yes, because of the car is underneath the arena. Yeah, and it prevents it like. Post 9-11 sporting event security, I don't think people truly understand the layers. In order to get into Moda Center, and you've done this, you can go to the media access, you go through a metal detector and an yeah. x-ray for your bag. Yep. And the security desk is right there. And then there's security when you get into the next door. And there's multiple security guards checking your badges. Every They know my face. They know DeMar Hamlin's face. They do. And they're no. still checking stuff. They're covering it up. Uh-huh. Remember that. Uh-huh. I just don't understand. Like, we are careening closer and closer to the premise of the film, Idiocracy. Oh, God, we're there. Are you kidding me? We are. It's I what mean, plants crave. It is. Yeah. We're going to be feeding our plants Mountain Dew um, because it's what the plants crave. Just give it a rest, people. Goodness Have gracious. Have some fun. Almighty. Have some fun. Enjoy what is a great story. In Damar Hamlin actually living and being alive, and his family having that young man in his world, in in their world still, um, and the the stories and the lessons that he has kind of brought to everybody, which is tell people you tell people you love them. Now, dead, he's dead. They're covering it up. Jeez, get over it. All right, um, let's get back to the NBA uh, trade rumor mill. There's actually some rumors that are uh, uh, rumbling about in the NBA trade world. The Rui, Rui Hashimura trade, Laker going to the Lakers from the Wizards. How does that affect the rest of the trade market? Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 